This is On The Radar with me, your host, Radar. That's always going to be me. And always we talk about local and national sports and pop culture as well. As always, we'll get to the news with the unfortunate news. Um, some unfortunate news for me personally. Currently, I don't have a day job that pays me anything right now. So it be really, really important. This is episode 229 that... We get you, you, everyone that listens to this or knows me, please let me get to 100 subscribers on Spotify's platform only because of their silly rules with Anchor that I only can have ads that pay me some percentage of money if it's 100 on Spotify. Get to 100 on YouTube so I can start getting ads on that as well. I'm not asking you to listen to ads. I'm asking you to just help me get to a point where there's the possibility so that, you know, it is something that's helpful to me in this endeavor. As always, unfortunately, let's get to the news. Rest in peace to Michael I. Levy, the producer on such notable projects as Gotcha and Francis Ford Capello's Garden of Stone and a prelude to Kids. The Hollywood Town Rep has unfortunately passed away to 84. Rest in peace to Charles Osgood. The television, radio, commentator, writer, musician, best known for being the host of CBS Morning News for 22 years, as well as the Osgood Files, was a series of daily radio commentaries he hosted as well, and he was known as being the, the narrator on Horton Hears a Who, an animated film back in 2008 based on the book. He has passed away in 91. Pretty long life he lived. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Frank Farian. The German singer record producer who founded the, ni- the 70s disco pop group Bone Money, the Latin pop group No Mercy, and the pop band Milli Vanilli. He frequently created vocal groups in what was pub- publicized members merely lip-syncing to songs sung by such members. Farian owned the record label MCI on several subsidiaries. Over the course of his career, he sold over 850 million records and earned 800 gold and platinum certifications. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Gary Graham, the American actor, musician, and author was five years in the in the industry since the 70s, is known for his role as Detective Matthew Sykes in the television series Alienation and won five Alienation and five sub-question Alienation television films, as well as work in the Star Trek franchise, most notably as the recurring role of Soval, the Vulcan ambassador to Earth in Star Trek Enterprise. He passed away to 73, rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Norman Jewison, the Canadian film television director and producer, Addressed social political issues throughout his filmmaking career, often making controversial or complicated subjects accessible to mainstream audiences. You see the Academy of, of Motion Picture and Artist Science Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award. He received a BAFTA Award, was nominated for seven Academy Awards, three Golden Globes, and a Primetime Emmy. He directed numerous films and was nominated for Academy for Best Director three times in three decades for The Heat of the Night, Fiddler on the Roof, and Moonstruck. He also had his directing career included 40 Pounds of Trouble, The Cincinnati Kit, The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming, Thomas Crown Affair, Jesus Christ Superstar, Rollerball, Fist, and Justice for All, Best Friend, A Soldier Story, Agnes of God, Other People's Money, Only You, The Hurricane, and The Statement. So he pretty lived a long life in 97 making all these films. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to David M. M.G., the American actor best known for playing Stephen Flyboy, Andrews, in George A. Romero's horror film, Dawn of the Dead, has passed away to 77. Rest in peace of Benedict Fitzgerald, the American screenwriter who co-wrote the screenplay for the film Passion of the Christ. His other credits include 
screenplay for Moby Dick and Wise Blood, and was a consulting producer on the Paramount television series Evil, which I actually watched. So he passed away at 74. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to television actor David Gale, who started multiple series, including Beverly Hills 90210, Savannah, and Port Charles, has unfortunately passed away to 58. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Marlena Shaw, the American jazz, blues, and soul singer, whose career began in the 60s and performed until her death. She's been often, her music often been sampled hip-hop music and used in television commercials, and she passed away to 81. Rest in peace to her. Rest in peace to Luis Vasquez. Professionally known as Soft Moon, the American music singer, songwriter, record producer, and composer, was the lead vocalist and multi-instrumentist and songwriter and sole official member of Soft Moon, which he founded in 2009. He unfortunately just passed away. Very sad. Rest in peace to Nancy Key, Green Keys. The casting director of The Notebook and Rush Hour passed away after a brief illness. 68, rest in peace to her. Rest in peace to Scott Manor. The talent agent who co-founded Artist Representatives passed away at 68. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Mary Weiss, the American singer, best known as leader of the Shangri-Las in the 60s. Their single, Leader of the Pack, went number one on the Billboard 100 charts in 64. She vanished from the music scene for decades, but then in 2007 decided to record her first and only solo record. So it's kind of weird. But, you know, when you have that huge success, you just, just get away from the limelight. She passed away just 75. And uh, happy trails to Dijon Miljevic. If you were listening to last week's podcast... The first report was they were postponing the game because he had a heart attack when they were in Utah. And then hours later, after recording our podcast, it was released that he had passed away. So they postponed the, that game that week. And it's going to be really sad for the Golden State Warriors because I know he's a recent coach, but sad to lose anyone at 46. He was a Serbian basketball player and coach. He played power forward for a lot of teams in Ser- Serbia, Montenegro, um, as well as in Spain and in Turkey. He was the Adriatic League Most Valuable Player three times in a row. He played on the Serbian and Montenegro national team, winning Euro Basketball Gold 2001. After his retirement, he became the head coach of Mega Basketball of the Adriatic Basketball Association. There he coached Nikola Jokic. And in 2015, he coached Mega to the first ever trophy, the Serbian Cup, as well as the first ABA League Finals appearance. In 2001, he won the Montenegrin League and Montenegrin Cup with, with uh, Budenkost. In addition to that, he had a coaching state with the Serbian national team, uh, assisting head coach Igor Kososlav. But yeah, when you got three MVPs, three top scorers, three champions, uh, and then a winner, then as a head coach, you won championships multiple times, and then you won championship, obviously, with the Warriors assistant coach, and you have two gold medals. That's a lot, but he was like, I'm going to continue to do this. Yeah, I had my success over there, but he decided he was going to come over to the United States and be an assistant head coach with the Warriors. He joined the staff when Kenny Atkinson joined the staff, and he was tasked working with the players closer to the basket that for the team that deploys in their stretch four, power forward, forward, and center positions. And they finally worked on Golden State, recently drafted James Wiseman when, it, when they, he got there. But, of course, that didn't work out because he wasn't healthy and they traded him. So he did a lot of work with Looney and Draymond Green. But he spent more of his time working with Looney and was credited for helping the, seven, for helping the player improve his rebounding in, it, in the regular season and in the 2022 playoffs. So he became the second Serbian coach after Igor Kosovlov to win an NBA ring. So rest in peace to Dejan Moljevic. Happy trails, so some happy news to Major League pitcher Colin McHugh. The former Met, Rocky, Astros, Rays, and Braves pitcher got a World Series championship in 2017 with the Astros. 
was on the Braves at the wrong time. He was on the Braves after they won the World Series for the last two seasons. And he was a, you know, middling pitcher with, starting pitcher with the Mets and even finished that season with the Rockies. Something changed with him in Houston and he became a very good starting pitcher for them. And then when the Astros had a full rotation, he said, okay, I'll work out of the bullpen. And then he went to the Rays and then he went to the Braves. So he, you know, he's able to do it. He also was a member of the Emily All-Stars for the 2018 Japan All-Star Series. So, you know, to reinvent themselves as a from a, a middling starting pitcher to a pretty good middle relief pitcher to help out all the teams that actually, like, you know, needed it when he needed to have some middle of the thing. And obviously, an interesting thing is when in 2020, he signed a one-year deal with the Red Sox, but he would not play during the two season because his elbow's not responding as he hoped, following a non-surgical procedure during the offseason. So he didn't even play in 2020 for the Red Sox. And with the Rays, he combined with Fleming, Diego Castillo, Matt Whistler, Peter Fainbax to no-hit the Cleveland Indian. And since that fee was achieved in a truncated seventh-inning doubleheader game, it wasn't officially rec- considered a no-hitter, but he's a part of that. And a little odd of all things, but yeah, fan of his, 36 about time, local kid from Naperville, Illinois. Happy trails to Tony Walters, the former Rockies catcher, Cubs and, and Dodgers catcher, who most recently was on the Minnesota Twins minor league roster. Announced that he, not just retiring, but he's accepted a coaching position with the Rockies. So that is pretty good. You know, 31 is my age. We're born the same year. We're seeing guys retire from their profession with limited success. Makes me not feel that excited. But, you know, catching is a very grueling position. So, you know, it's interesting that he was he was an infielder first when he was drafted by Cleveland. And obviously... He never really did anything with Cleveland, and that's why when Rockies picked him up, that's when his career started. So I was always questioning, why the heck was he playing some games second base? Well, he was actually an infielder to start his career. Silly me not doing the research. Happy trails to Jasmine Thomas, the former point guard in the WNBA, who was the first round pick, 12th overall by Seattle, but never, didn't you know play for them. She obviously was traded... Pride rookie season, the Mystics in the three-team trade that involves Katie Smith and some other players. Then she was actually traded to the Dream, again, for multiple picks. She made her first finals appearance as with the Dream as they advanced all the way to the finals where they got swept by Minnesota. Then she was traded to the Sun again, and she became the Sun's point guard and started all of her games. And she continued to roll starting points guard where she had, career, she had a new high in career in scoring assistant field goal pursuit percentage, then she continued to stay with those Suns and continued to have her starting role. And yeah, she voted to the 17 All-Star games, so she made one All-Star team. She finished season getting her new high in field goal shooting and three-point shooting percentage, as well as in scoring and steals. And the Suns finished in fourth that year. And they didn't they didn't actually get to the finals that year. Then she continued to be on the team. And finish with some new career highs and so many different things. And, yeah, she was really good for that team because they kept making the playoffs with her. But then in 2022, she missed the whole entire season after tearing her ACL. And she was traded to the Sparks. And decided that it was quits. But one-time All-Star, three-time All-Defensive first team, a two-time All-Defensive second team. She won a Turkish Super League championship in 2021. She won a gold medal 
for under 18 and 19 for women's basketball. So, you know what? Pretty good career that she had. So, happy trails to Jasmine Thomas. Happy trails to Tyler Ennis, former hockey forward who played for the Sabres. Uh, played for the Maple Leafs, the Wild Centers, and Oilers. He represented Canada, winning gold medals in the 2009 IHF World Junior Championships and the 2015 IHF World Championships. We scored the gold medal winning goal. He also represented Canada in the 2022 Spangler Cup. He's announcing his retirement 34. Happy trails to him. NBA news here. Kevin Porter Jr., formerly of the Rockets and the Cavaliers, reached a plea agreement of reckless assault in the third degree and harassment in the second degree involving his former girlfriend. So... Upon successful completion of programs after a year, he'll be allowed to withdraw the plea to, us, to, withdraw the plea to assault. So, don't know if he's ever going to play in the NBA, but that's the update there. NFL announced the official Super Bowl crew of referee Bill Winovich, the umpire Terry Killens, down judge Patrick Holt, line judge Mark Perlman, field judge Tom Hill, side judge Alan Baines, back judge Brad Friedman, and replay official Mike Chase. So, Bill Winovich has done two Super Bowls. Mark Perlman's done three, field judge Tom Hill has done three, and replay official Mike Chase has done one, but everyone else, none. And this is a long thing to get out. The names listed for the 2004 USA Men's National Team Player Pool are Bam Adebayo and Jared Allen, Paul Vincero, pretty good big men right there, Desmond Bain, Scotty Barnes, Devin Booker, Mikhail British, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Jimmy Butler, my guy Alex Caruso, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Anthony Edwards, Joel Embiid, who's not even American, but obviously he's playing, he got American citizenship, De'Aaron Fox, Paul George, Aaron Gordon, Tyrese Halliburton, James Harden, Josh Hart, Tyler Harrell, Drew Holiday, Chet Holmgren, Brandon Ingram, Kyrie Irving, Jaron Jackson Jr., LeBron James, Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, Dwight Leonard, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Bobby Portis, Austin Reeves, Duncan Robinson, Jason Tatum, Derek White, and Trey Young. I'm just going to say this off of my head, like, Bam Adebayo, Jared Allen, and Paul Vincero. It's good that we got three centers that we could potentially use. It's been an issue. Well, no offense to Tyson Chandler and like some other guys, but in the past, it's been like the center's been the weakest link. That's why Anthony Davis, when he was in college, he went even when, before he was in the NBA, he played with Team USA because they needed it. Desmond Bain is a good 3 and D. So Scotty Barnes is a young, improving player. Devin Booker, obviously, is the top scorer in the league. Mikhail Bridges is a nice young player. Jalen Brown's a nice... Young two-way player in the leagues. Jalen Brunson's emerging as a point guard. Jimmy Butler plays his heart and soul. So that's always good for Team USA. So is a guy like Alex Caruso, heart and soul. Steph Curry's a legend at this point. Anthony Davis has done this for a while. So has Kevin Durant. Anthony Edwards is a young up, young scorer. Like he and Devin Booker definitely should be on this team. Embiid, as I said, that's like extra. No offense. De'Aaron Fox, like Brunson, that's a nice young point guard. Paul George has done this for Aaron Gordon's nice, nice defensive young hustle player. I mean, veteran player Halliburton, like Brunson, again, nice young point guard. Harden is a veteran. He's done this for a while. Josh Hart, that's a good role player, but still, Tyler Heroes is a good three-point shooter to have off the bench. But Drew Holiday is like a real leader. That would be cool. Holmgren's in his rookie season. Ingram never stays healthy. Kyrie Irving never stays healthy. Jared Jackson Jr. It's good to have another young big man. LeBron James, the other statement. Cam Johnson, like his teammate Mikael Bridges, is a good, nice young player to think about. Walker Kessler, again, nice that there's another young center there. Kawhi has done this for a while. Lillard's done this for a while. Mitchell is just another great young score to have. Chris Paul is another statement. Bobby Portis has done some of these things before when the main guys haven't been there because he's a good hustle big man. Austin Reeves has done it most recently with the last team. They didn't win, but he's a nice young player. So is Duncan Robinson. 
Tatum's an all-star, so that would be cool. And Derek White is a good role player. And Trey Young's a current nice starting point guard in the league. So it's an interesting group of people that they've chosen to go with. And the Warriors will wear a DM patch on their uniforms for the season in honor of Dejan Moljevic. Plus, they'll have a heart appear in the Chase Center logo for all remaining home games as well. Legendary Georgia Bulldogs mascot has passed away. Rest in peace to him. Breaking basketball news is that the Milwaukee Bucks have hired Doc Rivers after firing Adrian Griffin. I want to get to this quickly because there's a lot to get cover. Why in the world when, you know, you fired Mike Budenholzer, who was a good coach under Greg Popovich, and then he took the Atlanta Hawks to a 60-win season, and they had four All-Stars that season, and they constantly were making the playoffs every single year, and they weren't going anywhere, but they're making the playoffs every single year, right? He gets fired. Milwaukee hires him. Milwaukee becomes a playoff team. Milwaukee wins the championship, and then they, they feel like they become stagnant, so they fire him. So you're like, okay, who's the guy that's going to take them over the hump? Who's it going to be? And there were so many choices out there during this hiring cycle. It could have been Monty Williams, who's not having a good time in Detroit. Frank Vogel in Phoenix. Like, there's so many guys who... Uh, that you could have definitely looked into hiring that could have maybe put the Bucks over the hump again. Nick Nurse was hired by Philadelphia. He was out there. He really was. Like, I'm just, that's just a few people. Nick Nurse was out there. Frank Vogel was out there. Monty Williams was out there. There's just, as I say, there's just a good amount. Dwayne Casey was out there. Like, Brett Brown could have been a choice. Like, Dwayne Casey's working in the front office for Detroit. But I'm just saying, he's been a playoffs coach. Like, there's all these things. And, of course, the big one is Doc Rivers. I'm saying to myself, like, you could have hired Doc Rivers last year before he signed this NBA deal that pushed other broadcasters out of the booth. You could have done this. But you're embarrassing Adrian Griffin, and I'm going to be honest with you. He played a long time in the NBA. I personally met him. He's a very nice guy. He's a longtime NBA assistant head coach. And, you, and I've been claiming for him to finally get an opportunity, right? And, and I'm like, that's good. He finally got his opportunity in a small, low, you know, in the Midwest. You know, it's a nice decision for him to do that. And I'm looking at this like, what is going on here? That's interesting that they hired him over guys like Nurse and, you know, Monty Williams, for example. Like, I, I don't understand it, you know? There has to be a reason why they didn't do this. They, they didn't hire experienced guys. So let's hire Agent Griffin, who's got the years of being an NBA player and assistant coach. Well, guess what? It's not like he never played a single game of basketball. He's just been a dude who's his coach. Then to fire him, even if even though you're having a good season, you're not having the season you want, we're in freaking January. The season just started a few months ago. That's just embarrassing to Adrian Griffin. That's all I'm going to tell you. If you really wanted a coach with experience who's won a championship like Doc Rivers, but obviously he didn't win it in L.A. and he didn't win it in Philadelphia and becoming more of a big name than he is a head coach, like, why didn't you just hire Doc Rivers at the start of the season? You're really embarrassing Adrian Griffin, and that's all I'm trying to tell you is that this, it just didn't make any sense for you to do that. You're just wasted time with what you're doing there. That's all I'm saying. Uh, enough about me being angry. 
Now, Bill Walton's throw it down is premiering January 29th on NBA League Pass. The Packers just fired their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry. And I'm thinking to myself, like, Matt LaFleur, doesn't matter who's his quarterback, running back, tight end coach, or his offensive line coach for right now. The offense is not the issue. Jordan Love finally figured it out. They got the young, skilled players. And if Aaron Jones is healthy, they have a good set of players on offense. It's a matter of their defense. So it's about time. The Titans named... They promoted Ryan Carthren to executive vice president, general manager, and Chad Brinker to president of football operations because they wanted to keep everything inside. The, uh, they announced that the Slam Film Festival is going to launch next month. The Thursday anniversary screenings of basketball picks like Hoop Dreams, Above the Rim, and Blue Chip. So it's cool. They're doing like a revisionist history of a basketball tournament thing. That's pretty cool. And apparently Giannis changed play calls and refused to sub out of games at times. He lost face in the coaching duties of of Adrian Griffin. Damian Lillard also had a hard time adjusting to Griffin's offensive scheme. So that could be reasons, but I don't know. The, you, you shouldn't have hired him in the first place. Chauncey Billups announced that the, the Blazers are filing a protest to the league office to challenge the result of the loss on Tuesday because he wasn't given, able to give him a timeout. Now then. Tom Telesco has been officially hired as a GM in Las Vegas. Interesting that he was just a GM for the Chargers, and everyone was saying how, like, he's made two poor choices at head coach in Staley and Anthony Lynn, and that he maybe does not know what he's doing. So that's probably why they they cleared house for the Chargers. But I'm gonna f- I find it interesting that he that the opposing team in the division goes, you know what? Even though we had the guy on fantasy, the guy doing draft mock drafts on NFL Network and Mayock, we're gonna go with a completely different GM. Again, they had they've had multiple GMs since the Gruden incident, so let's let's go with that. Eagles officially fired Brian Johnson, their offensive coordinator. Well, it looks like man, Steichen in Indianapolis and Gannon in, in Arizona really showed that maybe Sirianni is not the head coach, but he's sticking around. But for the most part, this just proves that it's really hard sometimes to replace really good assistants, you know? And that's why the Indianapolis Colts look good on offense. You know, Gannon's team shows some life even though they're a bad team. It's not his fault. They start over from scratch. So it's interesting that they've done that. They fired their offensive coordinator there. They officially fired Sean Desai, the defensive coordinator, but we already knew that was coming because Matt Patriska, the senior defensive senior assistant, whatever it is, was actually calling the defensive plays after being one of the worst offensive coordinators in the history of football. So obviously, they're going to have to look for both new offensive and defensive coordinators because it's just not working out. The Tex, uh, the, the uh, Tennessee has hired offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Brian Callahan has been the offensive coordinator for the Bengals uh, for five years at least. And that's interesting that... He's been hired, but again, they at least are deciding that let's hire an offensive coordinator who's been with a playoff successful team under a quarterback like Joe Burrow. Maybe he can work with Will Levis and they'll be better. So that's maybe, that's good rationale by them. That makes a lot of sense to at least hire an offensive coordinator and see what what happens there because it can't get worse. The last two years haven't been great. Ryan Nielsen has become the defensive coordinator in Jacksonville because he was the Atlanta Falcons defensive coordinator and I can't, Arthur Smith was fired, so who needs these coaches around? But I don't know. Was Atlanta's defense that good? 
that Jacksonville needs to get the Atlanta the Atlanta defensive coordinator. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Zach Ertz has been signed to the Detroit Lions practice squad because we know that Laporta has been battling injury. Interesting to see him if he play, plays in a playoff game. Carolina is named Dan Morgan the GM. They're just a game promoting from within. Don't know if that's the right move, but they got to have some sort of structure there. Shane Warden, Wadden has been the offensive coordinator for the Bears. He previously worked with the with the Seahawks. He's been named the coordinator. He worked with the Seahawks before, and. I don't know. What was the point of interviewing Shane, uh, excuse me, uh, Greg Roman and interviewing Cliff Kingsbury? Both of them have constructed really good offense in either professional football or in college. No offense to Shane Waldron. Yes, Geno Smith looked good, but then he looked horrible. So that's where I'm a little bit questioning that decision there. Jonah Jackson had surgery on a miscarriage, so he's out. Uh,. Anthony, Antonio Pierce has been officially named the head coach of the Vegas. After what happened years ago with that special teams coach, that they who was the interim coach, uh, you know, Richie Visay, I think his name is, who then went out to be Green Bay's, I think, special team coach afterwards. Point is, the players were not happy about that move. So, and they went splashy, and they've made mistakes to McDaniels and Gruden. So they're like, let's just keep Antonio Pierce, but you know what? I respect him. He played for the Giants. I was a fan of him, and he's been a defense and he's been a defensive coach. He wasn't the defensive coordinator, but he's been the defensive coach. So it's going to be interesting to see, and that could translate into him being a full-time head coach. But maybe the players will rile, rally around him, and he's hired Tom Coughlin to be a consultant in his search for coaches on his staff. So that's be interesting there. Bill O'Brien with the whole Bill Belichick leaving New England is going to Ohio State to be the new offensive coordinator because he's had success both college and professional, so might as well go there. They announced the Combine is going to stay in Indianapolis through 2025 season. It's been there since like 87 or 97, so it's been there for a long time. Interesting story, Miami tight end Cam McCormack has got his ninth year of eligibility in college. There's a weird quirk there. Mike McCarthy, like I mentioned, Nick Sirianni is staying. There were rumors that he could fire after a playoff thing, but... He's gotten them to the playoffs pretty much every year, and they've had winning records. So why would Jerry Jones fire him when he had to pay him? Ravens cut Melvin Gordon because Dalvin Cook played for them. Reba McIntyre's going to do the National Anthem. Post Malone's going to do America the Beautiful at the Super Bowl, for those who are interested. Bears, Saints, and Broncos potentially could be next year's hard knock teams. The Bears, it's very interesting what they're going to do, so that could be on hard knocks. The Saints, they just stink. Like, they have the wrong head coach probably. And Denver... Is going to move on from Russell Wilson, so that could be interesting. There are over 40 million viewers, the most since 1988 for this divisional round of playoffs, probably because there's more teams in the playoffs, more rounds. The Kansas City Bills game was the most watched divisional game ever, getting $50.4 billion, which is pretty darn cool. Um, Netflix has paid over $5 billion for uh, WWE Raw starting in 2020-25. That's a lot of money for WWE, but again, everything's going to streaming, so people are going to want to tune in to watch that. Don't know why I put this here, because it's a, this is the football page. But the Islanders fired uh, Kane Camberit and had and hired Hall of Fame goalie Patrick Watt to be their new head coach. So that's interesting to take a Hall of Fame goaltender and make him your head coach. Uh, DeAndre Aiden missed last, one of last week's games due to them being stuck at home because of the ice and no one can get to him. So that's interesting. Josh Giddy 
will not face charges of of uh of what's going on with the minor because the whole investigation has been closed. So if everything is true that they've said about you know all this stuff, then you know what? Then cool, let him play. If everything is true and he's then they've done the due diligence judiciously, and that's fine. CJ McCollum's got a scholarship going for $80,000 to s- some students in New Orleans. That's pretty cool. It's nice to see that. NBA trade. Pascal, Pascal Siakam was traded with a second-round pick to the Raptors for Bruce Brown, Jordan Nuora, and three first rounds in Kira Lewis. New Orleans somehow got involved with this by throwing in a pick. We don't know what they're going to get. But Bruce Brown, probably because Toronto's trying to lose, will trade him because he was a key backup last year in Denver. And these two other players don't really do that much for them, but the three first-round picks, even if Indiana makes the playoffs, still is a good move for Toronto because they're trying to rebuild. So Siakam's going to be a free agent, so the question is, the reason why he didn't get traded to the Lakers or the Warriors, some other teams, because there were some rumors that he didn't want to re-sign right away. So hopefully he resigns, or the Pacers look silly for trading for a rental and giving up two players and three first-round picks. Christian Kako has been cut, but they found out that he has a blood clot, so that hopefully he can take care of that. Bruce Brown did pay 10k to his teammate for the number 11 jersey to this guy named Porter. Um, you're probably going to be traded, Bruce Brown, because you're a very hot commodity for a backup 3 and D player. Why would you pay all that money if it's going to be temporarily? It's just kind of weird. Nicole Jokic apparently is the all-time player's efficient rating, passing Michael Jordan. Interesting stat there. Julius Randle has the fourth most triple doubles in New York Knicks history. Cool for him. And beating Kevin Durant won players of the week. I listen to them. Tristan Thompson got a 25-game suspension for drugs. I don't know why he's doing that. He's lucky he's still be in the league. He's, you know, a power forward position has been eliminated, and he's not the best center. Um, and also, Terry Rozier has been traded to Miami for Kyle Lowry in a first-round pick. Charlotte's probably going to trade Kyle Lowry because, again, that was the whole reason they traded Terry Rozier. They don't need a, a veteran point guard on their team if they have a point guard you know, already in ball and it's not going to help them. So to look out for him to be traded, but at least they get a first-round pick in that trade. The hockey news, Pavel DeMarza, Mike Lewin, and Keith, Keith Kachuk have been put into the Blues Hall of Fame. Sharks to retire number 19 of Joe Thornton, which is cool. Allie Raceman is going to be doing the ESPN Olympics coverage for gymnastics, so look out for that. The uh, uh, area group has laid off at least 108-plus. Uh, SI says they will not shutter but are go dark, despite the fact that the license has been revoked and the company that owns them has been laying off massive people. So the dream of being a journalist and working for Sports Illustrated, like Pablo Astori when I was a kid, reading him in high school and even in college before, he got hired by ESPN and now has a dual contract with ESPN and Metal Art Media. Like, that's what I thought. Cool, I can write for a publication like Sports Illustrated because, again, ESPN the magazine. That just disappeared a few years back. God knows how many Sports Illustrators I have in my house, in my childhood bedroom, excuse me, my parents' house, and my dad had two growing up. Wow. LA Times also then laying off at least 115 people as well. Um, okay, and the All-Star Game announced they have celebrity coaches. Like Justin Bieber and Will Arnett and this Jake McCray and this Mike and Michael Bublé as well. So those are interesting choices for the All-Star Game captains. I don't know why I put this here, but Darcy Carden is hosting a podcast called Wiki Hole or something. I don't know. 
Ryan Braun is going to be elected into the Brewers' Walk of Fame, which makes sense because he's one of the three greatest outfielders in their history. Reese Hoskin just last night signed a two-year deal with the Brewers. Obviously, the Brewers, Carl Santana, they traded the deadline. He became a free agent. They had they had Mark Hanna for a bit when they got him from the Mets at the deadline, and they, of course, had Roddy Tellez. It's $34 million guaranteed. It's a lot for a guy who missed all of last season with the Phillies, but it's a good move for the Brewers for the fact that when healthy, he's a good 25 to 30 home run hitter, 80 to 80, 75 to 85 RBI, not a bad defensive first baseman. They didn't really have one, so that's just a good move if he's healthy. Angels picked up Matt Moore on a one-year $9 million deal. He has really turned on his career as being a former top pitching prospect starting pitcher who's bounced around the league to being a reliever, even though I feel like he can get more value as a starter. Trey Mancini, who I, in my opinion, thought the Cubs cut him too early. Hosmer, yeah, he's never been the world's greatest offensive player, so that made sense. But I never thought cutting Trey Mancini when they did was a was a great move or Matt Mervis being sent down. But that's another story. A Marlon Simon to Miley deal. They did that with Yuri Gurriel this year. And guess what happened? Yuri Gurriel played pretty well for them even when they got Josh Bell, but it was still a shrewd move there. They don't have to pay him a lot of money to do that. And other baseball news is that Kevin Kevin Basin is going to be the assist uh, Basin is Basin is going to be the assistant GM of the race. He got a promotion that's cool. The A's have received revenue sharing permission, even though they didn't get to the agreement on time because they're not sure where they're going to be playing. But that's still interesting. Jeremy Affel, Santiago Castilla. Javi Lopez and Sergio Romo are going to the San Francisco Giants Hall of Fame. That was their core four relievers during that period of time where they won three World Series, so that makes sense. Because, again, you don't have to retire players' numbers. You can put them in your, your whatever Hall of Fame you got. Angels picked up Brian Dozier on a minor league deal. I find, like, I find that to be a great move because, again, you never know what's going to happen with a rookie at first base, Chanel, because look what happened to Jarrett Walsh. You never know what's going to happen in your infield with the likes of David Fletcher and all the other guys they had on their team. And, of course, Anthony Radon. And Mike Trout never stay healthy. And with Otani going in for agency, Hunter Dozier can get some at-bats at DH because he wasn't a lousy player with the Royals. The Royals just had a youth movement, and they have so many infielders that that was a problem that he and Mundesai had to go get out. Adam Wainwright, after doing some postseason coverage as a color commentator, is officially going to be a full-time analyst, so good for him. Hiroki Kuroda is getting entered in the Japanese Baseball Hall of Fame. The former Yankees Dodgers starting pitcher definitely deserves that. The A's are looking either Salt Lake City or San Jose as potential. Well, because San Jose is in the Bay Area. That makes sense. Salt Lake would be interesting. Who would actually go to the games? Because Salt Lake has a soccer team and a basketball team. And they probably have minor league baseball, but still interesting. Matt Carpenter has gone back to the St. Louis Cardinals, just like Lance Lynn did. So that's interesting that he... By way of the Padres trading to Atlanta, Atlanta unsuccessfully dumping him like they've been doing before in all these moves they made, became a free agent signed with the Cardinals. It's a good story. He may this may be his final season. Robert Stevenson got a three-year, $33 million deal from the Angels. That is a lot of money for a guy who's a failed starting pitcher who's bounced around and, and only had one good season at the deadline with the Rays as a reliever. But hey, the Angels are desperate for relievers and pitching as a whole. Go ahead. 
And Josh Hader signed a five-year, $95 million deal with Houston. So Houston in free agency, Hector Neris has left them. Ryan Stanick has left them. Kendall Graveman, who they got at the deadline, is out for the year with a soldier surgery. So they have some openings in that bullpen, right? So, yes, Alex Presley is their closer. But, man, if I have Josh Hader, sorry, Alex Presley. You used to be the setup man in Minnesota to Glenn Perkins. You could be a setup man if we're going to pay $95 million for a closer in Josh Hader because that's the type of move you make when you're pissed that your division rival and your your state rival, the, the, the Texas Rangers, beat you in the playoffs, and you, they went to the World Series and won the whole entire thing. You're like, that's it. We need to get on all, we need to get one of the three or four best closers in baseball because him and Devin Williams and Emmanuel Classe and Batista before he got hurt and Edwin Diaz before he got hurt, those are probably some of the top closers in baseball. So Hater's up there. And if you have Hater, Alex Presley, and Brian Abreu, that's not a bad bullpen to have. Going forward, that's a good idea. They're actually really trying hard to win, and that makes a lot of sense there. The White Sox just picked up this John Barabia, the former Giants pitcher. Again, with Brian Bannister working for the White Sox, he thinks he has something in him. At least they're not signing all these Royals guys. So at least I'm not, that's not a weird thing. So maybe he's a good idea, maybe he's not. We won't know. But at least we, the White Sox didn't spend $95 million or $33 million on him. Rudan Odor, the former slugging second baseman for the Rangers, who was on the Padres recently, is going to Japan. That dude just hits home runs and strikes out. They're going to love him in Japan. Uh, Ken Kemenetti and this Ray and this uh, and this and the broadcaster for the Astros are going into the Houston Astros Hall of Fame. Makes sense because Kemenetti and yeah, Renee Cardenas, the Spanish radio broadcaster. Are going into the Hall of Fame. Do you know why that makes sense? Because Ken Kemenetti is the greatest third baseman in Astros history, along with being the greatest third baseman in San Diego Padres history. So that makes a lot of sense there. Pitching guru Kyle Body 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 has gone to the Red Sox special advisors, hoping that could help out their pitching staff with the moves they made recently, pitching wise, with the changing up the whole entire structure there. Joey Gallo is going to the Nationals, and that's a good move because again, Joey Manessas had a disappointing season. They brought Nixon's out to play third base, but he has to be healthy for once and get accustomed to getting playing the infield. Michael A. Taylor, they traded him years ago to the Royals. Victor Robles was hurt. They have had so many guys play the outfield last year that it's not funny that there's definitely a spot in right field or left field. They're at the first base or DH or even third base spot. That's a lot of spots for Joey Gallo to get in because he didn't have a bad season with the Twins. He just at least was healthy, and he somewhat showed what he could be before he was on the Yankees and was bad. Ryan Sandberg announced he has metastatic prostate cancer and he's going treatment, so prayers up to him. Greatest second baseman in Cubs history. One of probably the three greatest second basemen in baseball history. It's most likely Roger Hornsby and him as the top two. People go, Jeffy Robinson. His stats, eh, not so much. Sorry, the hot take there. I would say like Jeff Kent, Roberto Elamar, Craig Biggio. Those would be guys that I would go with there in the top 10, maybe a second baseman of all time. Joe Morgan, I forgot about him. He's up there. He's definitely top five. So it's like Ryan Sammer's definitely top five. So it's bad. It's sad to see that. Aroles Chapman signed a deal with the Pirates, and the Pirates are not going anywhere. But at least if they get Chapman and he's somewhat respectable enough at reliever, he could be traded at the deadline like the Royals did last year with the Rangers and getting him, and they won the World Series. James Paxton, the big maple, signed with the Dodgers, and they're really covering their bases because Glasnow's never healthy. May and Goslin are never healthy. Bueller's coming off an injury, right? And they cut Uyo Horias because of his domestic violence. Stuff. And Kershaw is not going to be healthy until the second half. 
and he's not officially back on the roster. And so that's a lot of question marks. They're like, you know, Paxton has question marks not being healthy, but guess what? He could be a nice guy to have in the rotation as insurance because when healthy, he was one of the better pitchers in baseball. He was Seattle Mariners ace. He was Canada's, like, ace. Like, I definitely, that's a good sneaky move there. Jeff McNeil won the LPG Tournament of Champion Celebrity. So congratulations, tournaments. Congratulations to Mets All-Star and batting title winner Jeff McNeil. And hopefully this year, no outfield for him. Miguel Sano, who hasn't been healthy in a while, so I might deal with the Angels. As I said, with the Hunter Dozier move, Anthony Rodon never stays healthy. I know Sano probably going to be a lousy guy to play at third base, and Dozier was actually one of the better defensive third basemen in the league when he was playing third base. Statistically, that you don't want Sano at third base, and you never want him in the outfield like the Twins did. But again, first base DH. There's openings for bats in Anaheim. They're not going to be good. I love Ron Washington, but if Mike Trout's never healthy, Taylor Ward's never healthy, Anthony Radone's never healthy, and maybe you're relying on a first baseman and a, and a shortstop who are rookies, and they barely played enough games last year to not be a rookie anymore. I don't I don't really, and then not enough pitching on this team. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a long season for them. Kobe Aller had a deal with Philly, and that's good for them. He doesn't necessarily have to be their fifth starter because when you have a rotation of Nola, and and uh, and and Tejon Walker and Zach Wheeler and Ranger Suarez. It's good depth there because he can also pitch out of the bullpen. He's a former top prospect. I think that's a good deal. I really, really think it does. There's one thing that I want to get to that is very important, but I want to wrap this up because we're way over time. Some of the entertainment news. Really want to get to them right away. So, actor Wilson Bethel is going to return as Bullseye in the Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. I know him from All Rise. Uh, there's going to be a movie with David Duchovny, Jack Whitehall, and Carrie Vance Hewton that's going to be called Malice on Amazon Prime. Tom Ellis of, we all know, Lucifer, is joining season two of Tell Me Lies on Hulu. I thought the Tell Me Lies show was a show that was on CBS All Access before there was any of this stuff. That was like the CBS thing. And I watched it on the CW. Maybe a different show. Vivica Fox and host a food competition series called Family Recipe Rumble. Jonathan Frankis direct crypto pioneer Jeff Garzlick's TV adaption of Deathlands novel. And David Avery of The Night Manager is joining Dreaming with, with, with Wilst Black, whatever that is. Other entertainment news. Brancy Jones is going to be in Family Business. Shmoonig Dannon is canceled season two at Apple TV. I must have pronounced it wrong. Kaylee Cromer and Wayne, Wayne uh, Wavy Jones are going to be in The Good Doctor. It's the final season, so these are probably new residents. We'll see how that goes. Rap Crap, I'm not going to say S-H-I-T, was canceled at HBO as well. So even some of those shows on those streaming places, they're canceled. Jermaine Clement, Kate McKinnon are going to be in Minecraft. Both of them are pretty funny. And this guy named Giuliano Crevelvati is going to be the young Michael Jackson in a biopic. So they found that. That's pretty cool. Going Dutch is, is, is going to be a series coming to Fox with Dennis Leary involved in that. So it's cool to look out for that. James Bro and Elizabeth Green are going to be in Run, Run I'm a Cannon. Runs a, I'm a Canyon, whatever it is. Runs I'm a Canyon. Canyon. I forgot that James Brolin is still alive. Like, obviously, I know Josh Brolin's alive, but, like, there's just certain actors. You're like, I haven't seen him done something in a while. And it's called Ransom Canyon. I don't know why I said Run is a Canyon. 
Um, David Henry's going to Gomez announced there's going to be a Wizard Waverly Place reboot coming to Disney. Well, they already did it with Raven. That's O'Raven having the spinoff of her as an adult raising kids. So they could do that now. They've done the iCarly's all grown up. Like, they've done different things on different channels like Disney, Nick, that they can do this or whatever streaming platform, you know, iCarly's thing was Paramount Plus. Like, they could do that. But obviously, Zena Gomez is a, is a superstar. She's a pop singer who tours. Okay, she dates other famous celebrities. She's she's in that murders only in the building like that. It's a really successful streaming show. So she's got other things to do. So she's probably not be the main character. But David Henry, who I knew all the way back from that's so Raven being one of Corey's friends. I'm not sure if he was also in Corey in the house. That spinoff. But it's cool to see that, you know, David Henry's going to get a new show. So I that's really cool there. Ariel Kebel, 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 whatever her name is from Midnight, Texas and recently 911 is amongst the people that were casted for Rescue High Surf. But hey, Fox likes her because apparently they kept bringing her back as a recurring character on Fox is 911. That show's been canceled, but they like her so much they're going to put her in a new show, which is fine by me. This Naomi Naomi, I mean, Naomi Naomi, whatever his name is, Naomi, his first name and his last name, is going to be a regular now on Night Court. So those who are fans of that, cool for you. Kaylee Coco's flight attendant will not be coming back for season three on HBO, even though it's a popular show. And uh, they casted this Gabe Cabiel dude from The Fablemans to be Lauren Michaels in this new SNL call in 1975. I didn't know that was coming out, but the school they're making already an SNL, like rev- going back revisionist history on that by looking into it. Billy Joel announces a new single, which is pretty cool for those who are interested. Dakota Johnson will host one of the upcoming SNLs with Justin Timberlake as the guest, as the musical guest. Those are pretty famous people. Paramount has extended their deal with the MGMT Plus. That's good for them. They're making a George Clinton documentary. Cool. Gillian Anderson is going to be in Tron Arias along with. Her being in uh, White Bird and A.B. Andrum. So she's going to be in three things that they announced. That's pretty good that they announced three projects at once. Lindsay Lohan and Kristen Chenoweth are going to be in this like Hallmark or whatever Lifetime. Our little secret like, you know, ROM, you know, like one of those TV movies. And Valley Bertinelli is out at the Food Network and Kardashian is very upset about it. So look into that. Anthony Anderson, Viola Davis, and Clark Gregg are amongst the many people casted for this thing called G20. Extra has been renewed for season 31 at Fox, for those who watched that. Nicole Kidman's going to do this thing called Mice. Jalen Barron, uh, Jaylene Barron, whatever, that's her name, it's this woman. She's going to play Aaron Hernandez's fiance in that upcoming, you know, American crime story about Aaron Hernandez. Jurassic World era, there's going to be a whole other movie. I don't know, they're just going to continue to continue to make that. The Rock is taking over like full ownership at Take Kyo, which is apparently a parent company of the UFC and WWE in some weird legal hierarchy way that I can't understand. But he officially gets a trademark back of The Rock because that really meant him because apparently the WWE or in this company owned it. So that's all that matters is that he gets the full trademark of his nickname, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. 
and he gets some sort of bo- uh, control of ownership and be on the board of that stuff because that's what he should be. He's a WWE legend. Like, he should actually have impact on that. Colin Firth is going to be in this thing called Cockinably. Conc- Conc- Marina Baccarin is going to be leading the Fire Country spinoff. And all i got to say, this is she wasn't that annoying on Firefly, but it was only one season. Really, really annoying in the Stargate universe. Not that annoying on Gotham, but... Really annoying on V, so it's like I'm not dying for her to be in another show right now. But, you know, the show that she was on that was on NBC with her being like a this Russian bad guy. I mean, her accent was horrible. She wasn't annoying. just was a horrible show. But some actresses and actors get plenty of chances. Liz Astroff's sibling comedy is coming to NBC. And just to let you guys know, if you check out on the radar media.com, on the radar entertainment blog, or radar 4428 on Blogger, and follow me at Twitter, radar 4428 or the X, whatever they call it. TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram is also radar 4428, the YouTube channel on the radar. We get movie review every single week, baseball observations during the Austin regular season. I get weekly football recaps, weekly football predictions. What's up there on the website in particular is that I have the review on two the two NBC shows, The Irrational and Found, and the Fox animated comedy Crapopolis. Those are what's on there. What's going to happen is NBC has a new sitcom out. CBS, after Super Bowl, is going to have a few new shows. I'm really unsure how much news the CW is going to do because of the strike on both the writers and the actors. And I also don't know what Fox is going to do about new shows either because they don't have enough room. But they have Grimberg, the animated sitcom, coming. And so for me, I will review Grim Grimsberg and I will review the extended family on NBC. Maybe there's something else on Fox or NBC. I don't know. I don't know what CW is going to come out with this spring. Um, and NBC, so far as I said, had really successful with launching a two show that in another podcast I can talk to you about as well because I'm surprised how good it was. Also, got to mention the Orioles picked up Tyler Nevin from the Tigers, who they had previously, so that I find interesting they got him back. And Julian Anderson's thing was Whitebird. Uh, Abandons were the two of the things that I probably did not pronounce well. Oh, yeah, I wrote this here. Religion of Sports is doing... A four-part series documentary about Bon Jovi on Hulu, even though they're called Religion of Sports. That's what I think I may have said there because that's really weird that they're doing that. That's all I got to say there. Oh, and the other thing was Doctor Who is apparently replacing after one season the you know the the the, the supporting cast member who's like his assistant or whatever. I'm not really familiar with Doctor Who and how they do things, but. It's an interesting story that like after one season they're like, yeah, we're gonna go change the the person who's like the assistant or whatever that's important to the show. Like again, I don't understand that because I never watched the show. I maybe watched a few of the original episodes, but that's something that like I just don't know how that works. But they're like Time Lord sidekick Millie Rip, Rip Gibson has been recast after one season, so that's what it is. And we're really really bad on time, but. Um, thanks for listening to episode 229. As always, we talk about local national sports. Rest in peace to everyone who passed away. Ryan Stamberg and everyone else battling some illnesses. Hopefully you all get better. Happy trails to everyone who retired. Um, lastly, 
because I'll expand more on this next week and on the weekly baseball video. But Major League Baseball yesterday did the Hall of Fame announcement. And thank you, YouTube TV, for not having MLB Network so I can watch all the, the preamble before, the announcement itself, and the preamble afterwards. So the headline will be Joe Maurer gets in first ballot, Adrian Beltre gets in first ballot, and Ty Helton gets in on his sixth year. Quick remarks. Adrian Beltre definitely deserved to get in first ballot because there was no one on this ballot that entered it for the first time that was a no-brainer except for him. A guy with 3,000 hits, all the gold gloves in the world, retired early and could have got to 500 home runs. I've been one of the few players to have both 500 and 3,000. That's the easy thing. That's 100%. Ty Helton, six years is a little bit too long for one of the best first basemen of all time, but I get it. He played in Colorado, but Larry Walker got in, so that's a moot point, and his numbers are not like at the table for each thing. But Joe Maurer, he doesn't even have any round numbers, even in the catcher mark. He's not in the top five home run hitters for catchers. Doubles, triples, RBIs, batting average, hits, whatever you want to do. The offensive numbers are not like screaming out loud. Yes, when he was a catcher, he was the best catcher in baseball for that peak years. And you could say, well, peak years maybe shouldn't get you in the Hall of Fame because there's rare cases like Sandy Koufax. But either way, Joe Maurer, yeah, he could be a Hall of Famer. I think he is. I just, and you don't want to debate with me if he's a Hall of Famer, then you should vote yes. This whole first ballot thing is silly. That's another point. My point is, Joe Maurer, if he didn't get in right away and he got in like year five, six, or seven, like what it is six year with Todd Elton, you would understand it because he's not a clear-cut case. He is not the greatest offensive catcher of all time, Mike Piazza. He is not, even with even without steroids, the greatest defense catcher of all time in Ivan Rodriguez. Like, those were no-brainers when they came up for catcher-wise, even though one got in way before the other one in terms of years. There's just, that's, that's not a no-brainer thing. He's more like a Ted Simmons, even Jason Kendall, who had a really good career, Bob Boone, who had a good career, and Gary Carter, who had a great career, where you're just like, I got to look at it. And it's not a rush job. But again, sorry for going way over the 30-minute mark. It's just NBA trades, NBA coaching news, NFL firings and hirings, and all the off-season baseball news because there's been some interesting things, along with some of this entertainment news, which is pretty interesting, and Baseball Hall of Fame. Thanks for listening to Episode 229. For On the Radar, I'm Radar. See you guys next time.